Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. I'm glad you guys are all joined us today. We are kicking off a brand new message series today called Press Pause, Press Play, and we're actually kicking off 21 days of prayer with this message series. Really super excited about it. Uh, do we have any, any gamers in the room? Is there anyone who's like, yeah, we got a couple of them. There's somebody in first service, they were sitting there with their wife, and I, I was like, any gamers? And he was like... It's like he was afraid to let his wife know that that was him. But uh, man, we have a couple gamers in our house, my kids, and they got started when we bought a Nintendo Wii when my son Calvin was about, I don't know, four or five years old. So about 10 years ago. And Super Mario uh, was his first game, and we have just been a Super Mario household ever since. Any Super Mario fans, like, Mario's just my jam. And so there's this game called Super Mario Galaxy that my son plays. And I don't really play, but I like to watch. And, and there's, this, there's this part of this game where Mario goes underwater uh, to finish whatever his tasks are, to get coins and to beat the bad guys. And he's swimming around underwater. And as he's down there, he's got this little circle that's right next to him. And this is the air that he has. And it starts out when he goes underwater, it's green. And then the longer he's under there, it just gradually spins down. And then, it, then as it gets real low, it turns yellow. And like when I'm watching it, when it turns yellow, I'm like, uh, hey, uh, Calvin, uh, he's yellow here, buddy. Do you know that? He's like, yeah, I got it, Dad. I'm like, okay, okay, that's cool. You got it. And then it's spinning down more and more. And then it starts to turn red. I'm like, Calvin, dude, it's red. Mario's going to drown and die. Well, you've got to do something. I got it, Dad. I got it. I'm like, oh, I'm free. And I'm stressed. I'm, I'm straight up stressed just watching this. And as it spins down and down and down, Calvin will pop up out of the water. He'll jump up and take a breath. It'll go green again. And then he'll come back down to finish whatever his tasks are underwater. Now, the thing is, is that like for him, he knows it's just, I do the stuff I'm supposed to do underwater, I pop up and get a breath, and then I go back down. For me, I watch this, all of the stress in my life is just, it's captured and encapsulated watching Mario almost drown every single time he's underwater. Because I feel like that sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I'm so busy, I've got so much to do, my calendar is so full of things that I feel like I wake up in the morning and I just take a deep breath and my circle's green and I just have to get underwater and just accomplish everything that I can until I run out of air because there's just so much on my plate, so much that I have to accomplish. Anyone else just feel like really busy in life? Do you know the feeling of busyness, that feeling of stress? Like that feeling when you wake up in the morning and you're just like, okay, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. I mean, my, my calendar gets so full that I kid you not, one of the first things I do when I get up in the morning is I look at my calendar to decide what I'm gonna wear that day. So I can decide if I can just wear like workout clothes at the office all day or if I actually like have to dress like a human man because I'm gonna see real people in my day for whatever reason. And so like, I, I'm just busy. We're all just busy. We all have things in our lives that fill up our calendars, fill up our schedules. And it can feel like sometimes, like I just have to take a deep breath and then just try to get everything I can, I can accomplish done before I either have to pop up for another breath or I just literally am gonna burn out and drown in my own busyness. Even just talking, oh my gosh, even just talking about it right now. Some of you guys are just sitting here, you're not doing anything, you're just listening, and you're like, we all need to take a deep breath together, okay? Just thinking about the busyness and the craziness of our lives. And here's the thing, your type of busy may be totally different than someone else's type of busy. Now, your type of busy, it might be like school or work related, right? Maybe your busyness is you're just trying to make that grade. 
or you're trying to hit that promotion or, or you know, just trying to advance in your career. And so maybe your busyness, what your life is filled up with, the stuff that you need to accomplish is stuff to help move those things forward. Maybe your busyness uh, isn't related to, this, to the specific kind of main things. Maybe your busyness is like extracurricular stuff. Maybe it's that sports team you're on. And like for you, like school's just, you're there for school, but like you're really there for soccer. And so like you're practicing all the time and you're on the traveling team. And so your schedule is just insane with games. I mean, maybe like yesterday you were just playing soccer literally all day somewhere. And that might be you, your extracurriculars. Maybe you're trying to get a business off the ground. You know, maybe, maybe there's like you work your job job, but then it's like the thing that you, you really care about is where your, your busyness happens. And sometimes it's that extracurricular stuff that can take up even more of our time because we're passionate about it. And, we're, and so we just feel like we have to fill our passions up and, like, and, and go for it. So whether it's work or school or extracurriculars, I mean, th- there's a busyness that many of us have that's totally related to being busy trying to relax. Okay, like we talked about video gamers. I know this one is real because I have video gamers in my house. My kids will come home from school. I'll talk to my son. I'm like, how you feeling, buddy? Was it a good day? He's like, yeah, I'm just tired. Okay, well, you know, you just want to relax? Yeah, I just want to relax. And then he'll bust out his video game, and he'll be playing video games. And I know that it is stressful and that it is, it is challenging for him mentally because I hear stomping and I hear punching of beds and I hear, I hear screaming out of his room. And so like, I know that in his attempts to relax, he's working really hard and he's busy. And maybe for you, it's like you are working really hard to just try and relax and you schedule it in. And it's like, you know, maybe your busy is related to binging the shows that you need to binge just so you can somehow try to just reset your life. And I'm just here to tell you right now, I'm not judging Like whether you're busy is like you're just trying to get straight A's and you're studying, whether you're busy is you just need to, you know, practice piano or practice your sport or like get that business off the ground, you're busy could straight up be that you're just trying to become a better Fortnite player, okay? I'm not judging. I know this. Whatever is important to you, whatever matters in your life, we're busy with it. It fills our time up. It fills our schedule up. And even the things we love, even the things we, we are passionate about, when they hit our schedule and they hit our calendar, can start to feel like pressure on our shoulders. And the weight of these things that we need to accomplish in a, in a day can start to feel really heavy. And whatever you're busy is, I know this, that just like Mario, there are times where you feel like you are just underwater and you're running out of air before you accomplish everything you're going to accomplish. And you're either going to have to find a way to pop up to get a quick breath or you're just going to burn out and drown in your busyness. Busyness. Jesus knew what it was like to be busy. Jesus He was a busy guy. And so if you are a person who's dealt with like the pressures of life, the demands of people in your life, Jesus got it. I mean, Jesus, in 2,000 years ago, Jesus had a traveling ministry. He traveled all around teaching and he was doing miracles and helping people. And it it was interesting. It seemed that like no matter what Jesus did, that that people always wanted more of it. So when people heard Jesus' teachings, they're like, this is amazing. We want more of this. When Jesus would heal someone, this is amazing. Let's bring him more people to heal. When Jesus would do something remarkable, he would feed people. Uh, They would be like, this is amazing. Let's come back to Jesus and let's have him feed more people. So the more he did, the more people wanted from him, more people expected from him. I guarantee you there's people in this room right now who know what that's like. Maybe the, the busyness and the stressor of your life is not just activity, but it's this, this sense of expectation from people in your life 
that you just have to deliver more and more and more. And no matter what you do, it doesn't matter how great it is, the people you do it for are just going to want more. Could be at work. You know, you do great work for your boss, and your boss is like, this is awesome. This is so good. I'm going to have you do twice as much. Good job. Way to go. Here's your reward. You're like, what? If you're a parent, if you're a mom, dude, you know what this is like, right? Because you've got kids, and your kids never just go, wow, mom, thank you. You really accomplished everything I needed you to. This is great. You go rest. No, your kids are like, mom, what? I know you put me to bed, and you tucked me in, and you sang me a song, and you read me a story, but I need a drink of water. It's like, I'm going to shove that water. You know, it's just... It's like, I'm, I'm going to get a fire hose. I'm gonna, you want water? <laughs> There's your water. The more you do for your kids, the more they want, the more they need, the more they demand. Jesus was right there. He understood what it was like to have demands, to be busy, to have a full schedule. In fact, we're going to take a look uh, at a snapshot, a day in the life of Jesus out of Mark chapter 1. And this, is, this, is, this will give you an idea not only of the type of life that Jesus lived, but about something interesting, unique that Jesus did to deal with the very pressures that we're talking about today. And so in Mark chapter one, we're gonna find that Jesus started this day, this one snapshot day. He started it off by teaching in the synagogues. So basically Jesus spent the day preaching at church. He spent that whole morning teaching people uh, in the church uh, until the afternoon. Now I'll just tell you, like you could stop there And like for me, that would be like, okay, yeah, Jesus was busy. That's enough. Because do you want to know what I do on a Sunday after like after compass when I get home? I go home, I put on my pajamas, I close all the windows, close the doors, turn off the lights, and I get under the blanket and I'm just like, leave me alone, life. (laughs) And I swear if Terry sneaks in and she needs to get something and she like opens the window and a little light comes in, I'm like, (laughs) you know, get out. That's what's me. And Jesus, here he's been teaching at the synagogue all day. We find him at the point in Mark chapter 1 where he is, he's finished that. And this is what happens in verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went to James and John, or went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, he took her hand, and he helped her up. And the fever left her. And she began to wait on them. So, he, so here's the deal. Jesus, he's teaching at the synagogues, right? And then he doesn't even just get to go home. He has to go to someone else's home where he's a guest in the house, right? And so like, you know what it's like to be in someone else's home. Like right out of the gate, there's automatically that added pressure because Jesus can't like, he can't go home and just whip his robe off and walk around in his underwear and just be like, oh, I'm home. He's in someone else's house. So he's got to be on his best behavior. He's got to be polite. He's got to be on, okay? He's on all day at the synagogue. And now he's got to be on at the house that he's staying at with Peter and his mother-in-law. And then he finds out that Peter's mother-in-law's sick. And so he's like, well, okay, well, let me help. So he goes up, he lifts her up and like, he literally heals her. And she's like, oh, this is great. Let me make you lunch. And so maybe at this point, right, it's like Jesus can at least sit back, kick his feet up. He's got to be on because he's a guest and there's all these people around in the house, but like maybe he can just kick back and relax while Peter's mother-in-law makes some food. But even then, hanging out all afternoon in someone else's house after a long day of teaching at church, man, that's tough. Continues. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed And the whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. 
So Jesus is sitting there, and he's kind of relaxed, and he's like taking deep breaths. He's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, there's this knock at the door. Peter answers the door, and like, hey, is Jesus here? Yeah, come on, Jesus. So Jesus comes, hey, what's, what's going on? Well, hey, I heard you were here, and I heard, you know, some of the stuff that you'd done, and my son, he's been really sick too, and I heard what you did for Peter's mom, and I was just really hoping that maybe you could help us out, and Jesus is like, okay, sure. So Jesus heals a kid, he's like, okay, and Jesus goes and sits back down, kicks his feet back up, knock on the door, hey, is Jesus here? I'm so sorry, I don't want to be a bother, but my wife, she's having some vision problems, and we've been dealing with it, and we just, we've just hit a dead end, and I was just really hoping that Jesus could come and help, and Jesus is like, Okay, come on. Okay, you're better. Okay, now I'm going to go sit back down again. And they leave. But then it's just like, knock, 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 knock. In fact, Mark tells us that the entire town came out. That like when people heard about where Jesus was staying, that they all just flooded to this house and kept, and kept just knocking and asking Jesus for help. It tells us this too, that like this was after the sun went down. Now back, in, back then, like people were up and down with the sun. When the sun came up, you got up because it was light out. That's when you got your work done. When the sun went down, the day was not much longer after the sun went down. You went to bed and you went to sleep. There's no electricity, right? There's no lights. That was life. And here these people are knocking on the door. When the sun is down, the whole town is out, still asking Jesus for help. Now, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a situation where you were at home in your pajamas and someone knocked on your door or rang the doorbell? Like, what goes through your mind when you're in your pajamas and someone rings the doorbell? I'm gonna, I won't tell you what goes through my mind because I want you to still respect me. But needless to say, when I'm in my pajamas, I do not want to hear the doorbell. Jesus is in full-on pajama mode right now. And the whole town is just asking for help, asking for help. And he keeps saying yes. And he's helping them, and he's healing them, and he's loving them and encouraging them. Finally, there's a point at which Jesus can go to bed after this incredibly long day that started early in the morning teaching at the synagogue. He hasn't had any minute, any time to be alone, any downtime to decompress. He's just had an insane, crazy, busy day. And honestly, this is a snapshot of what Jesus' days were like. This is what life was like for him. He would wake up in the morning and he would press play on the day, and he would just be active. And people would be demanding things and asking things of him, and he was doing what mattered to him. It was important, he cared about it. It wasn't a burden to him, this is what was important to him, but he just rarely had the time to just stop and take that breath so that he could keep himself from drowning in his busyness. And some of you guys, you're like, yeah, yeah, this is my life. Okay, Jesus, me and Jesus, yeah, we got this thing because I know what he was going through because that's what my life feels like. Jesus was busy pressing play every morning, getting work done. He understood the pressure cooker of a busy and demanding life. But Jesus had a solution to the pressure of overwhelming busyness that we find and we find this in Mark chapter 1. This happened the very next morning. It says this, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to pray. So after an exhaustingly busy day, after a day of hustling and working and talking to people and being surrounded by people, Jesus, he had to press pause in order to pray, to spend time with his heavenly father, to reset, to get restarted, so that he could then go out 
and press play again. And here's the thing. Jesus understood that in order for us to effectively press play, we have to press pause. Jesus understood that in order to effectively press play in your life, to be effective in the things that take up our schedule, to be effective in the things that are important to us that we need to accomplish, in order to be effective in those things, to press play effectively, we have to press pause in our lives. We have to press the pause button of prayer. And whatever your responsibility is, whatever the demands on your time are, God is calling you to press the pause button in prayer and to reset with him. He, God wants you to have a life of purpose and meaning. God wants you to have a life of peace and fulfillment. See, God's plan for your life is not to be like Mario, diving down underwater just until you hit that red line, popping up to get a breath, and going back down and pushing yourself and pushing yourself over and over and over again. Pressing play in the morning to get through 24 hours just so you can press play again to get through 24 hours so you can press play again to get through 24 hours. That's not what God wants for you. God wants you to have a life of purpose and fulfillment and meaning. God wants your life to be effective in the areas that matter to you, which is why he gave us the pause button of prayer. Because when we pray, some incredible and amazing things happen. And we can take a look at, at what happened in Jesus's life when he pressed pause to pray and rest. Check this out. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went to out to find him. And when they found him, they said this, everyone's looking for you. So check this out. Jesus has spent the whole day before busting it. And he goes out to pray in the morning. And immediately what happens? His disciples are like, everyone's back. They want more. They need more. Jesus, your work's not done. You got to come back out here and press play again. But check this out. After spending the morning in prayer by himself, resetting, pressing the pause button, Jesus replied, we have to go on to the other towns as well. And I'm going to preach to them too. And that's why I came. And so he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. So there's a couple things in here. And I'm going to, I want to peel this back so we can really see what is happening in this story and, and in Jesus' response. See, Jesus had a long, exhausting day. And then he went to press the pause button and pray. And after he prayed, some incredible things happened. The first thing is this. After he prayed, or even maybe during while he was praying... God gave him guidance. God gave him direction on what he wanted him to do next. You see, Jesus could have spent the whole next day in that town helping people, healing people. It's possible Jesus could have spent his entire ministry in that town. He could have spent the, his entire, he spent years in that town and never left. And people would have kept coming to him with their needs, with their demands. He could have easily lived everything out right in that moment. But when Jesus pressed pause... To pray, God revealed to him that he had another place for him to go. God revealed to him that he had a different plan for his, for his life, for his day, than what Jesus could have easily just rested into. What Jesus could have easily just stopped and said, I'm just going to stay here. You see, when we press pause, God gives us guidance and direction. Have you ever been at a point in your life where you just you want to know what God wants you to do? Well, here's the thing. The answer to that is not to just keep muscling through where you're at and eventually it'll work. The answer to that is to press pause and God will give you guidance just like he gave Jesus. Another thing that God did is that he equipped and empowered Jesus. 
See, Jesus said, I've got to go to this next town. God's guiding me. He's telling me I need to, to change locations because there's other people who need my help. And then he goes and he does it, and he's able to heal people and teach people and cast out demons. All of the same things he was able to do supernaturally in this first town, God equipped him and empowered him to do the same wherever he went. And when we press the pause button in our lives, God equips us. He empowers us for what's next, and he gives us guidance and direction to know the right steps to take and the right things to do. And man, Jesus, Jesus pressed pause all the time. Jesus did this constantly, and every time he did it, God equipped him, God empowered him, and God gave him guidance. Check out these examples. In Mark chapter 6, verse 46, it says that after telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Okay, so this little section, this passage happens after Jesus had spent the whole day teaching people. He had fed the 5,000 right before this. So he spent the whole night feeding people. Then he sends his disciples off. He says, you know what? Go ahead, get in a boat, go to the next town. I need to spend some time alone. I need to press the pause button. And so the disciples go off. And then like, while Jesus is praying, the storm breaks out, right? And the disciples are out on, on the, out in the sea and the waves are kicking up and everyone's kind of freaking out. And then Jesus walks out on the water to his disciples on the boat. He walks on water. So Jesus presses pause in his life. And what happens immediately after this? One of the most well-known miracles, one of the most defining miracles of Jesus' life happened after he presses pause to play. He walks on water. Luke chapter 6, 12. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. You know what Jesus did right after he prayed all night? He came down and he selected the 12 disciples. He chose the 12 men out of the probably hundreds of people who were following. He chose the 12 men who were going to be closest to him, who were, he was going to spend the most time with. Honestly, the 12 people that he was entrusting to really carry his church after Jesus' death, after Jesus was gone. Jesus made one of the biggest decisions he would ever make in his life, and he made it after he spent time pressing pause and playing. Uh, do you have big decisions that you ever need to make in life? Is there ever anything that you're like, I don't know what to do, God. I, I want to do the right thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing, and I'm just not sure what's what. Well, what did Jesus do? He pressed pause. He pressed that button so that he could reset and pray. Luke 9, 28, about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountain to pray. He takes them up on the mountain, and then the Holy Spirit comes down, and, and the transfiguration happens. If you haven't heard of what the transfiguration is, it means this. They were up there praying, and the Holy Spirit descends and, and reveals Jesus in this glorified form to his disciples. It's like the disciples see him for who he is as God, the, the, the creator, the, the, the person who, who is the spiritual head and leader and king of the universe. And they see him in this form. And when and how did that happen? It happened when Jesus went up with his disciples to press pause and to pray. Luke 11, 1. One day Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus presses pause and he's praying. And immediately after he, he prays, he teaches his disciples and the world the Lord's prayer. He teaches us a thing that has transformed people's prayer lives that's been handed down for thousands of years. After he spends time in prayer, God reveals to him something to teach us that could change everything for us. And here's the moral of this, is that Jesus pressed pause to pray all the time. And every time he did, God equipped him, God empowered him, 
God gave him guidance and direction. Every time Jesus pressed pause to play in his life, he went on to do something incredible and amazing in the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. Jesus was busy, but it didn't stop him from being effective because when he pressed pause, the Holy Spirit empowered him, gave him the strength. And this is no surprise because Philippians tells us this, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And how does Christ strengthen us? How has Jesus strengthened himself? He strengthened himself when he pressed the pause button and he spent time in prayer. Jesus' life was crazy. And as crazy as your life is, as busy and as stressful as your life is, Jesus understands it. Because when Jesus understood this, and he wants us to understand this too, when you press pause in your life to pray, God empowers you to press play in more powerful and effective ways in your life. When you press pause, you can press play in ways that could change your life forever, could do incredible things for you and in you. And how do we tap into that strength? We tap into it when we press pause and we pray. When we spend time with our Heavenly Father. Can you feel the weight of all that you need to do and accomplish? Is that, I mean, maybe you came in here today, maybe even coming to Compass today was something that was on your schedule. And when you woke up this morning, you were like, okay, I got to go to church. And then after church, I got to cook food. And then after I cook food, I got to prep the party. And after the party, I got to clean up after the party. And maybe even coming here, just even this was a heavy thing that you had to check off your checklist. Do you feel the weight of all the things you need to accomplish? When you look at your calendar, your schedule, do you feel the burden of your busyness? Does it stress you out? Like, I mean, sometimes when you just pull your phone calendar out, do you just want to go, snap, no, you know, I'm just going to go dig a hole and hide in it? Like, have you ever felt like that? Do you feel like that right now? I go so far as to say, maybe that's, maybe that's normal. It was normal for Jesus. But Jesus got through it because God equipped him. God strengthened him. God led him to make the decisions, the right choices that could make his life effective in every area that he thought mattered, in every area that he thought was important. And again, it doesn't matter to me what your area of busyness is. School, work, hobby, recreation, you know, whatever your area of busyness is, I'm not here to judge that. All What I am here to tell you is this, is that in that area of your life, that area of busyness, God wants you to be effective and he can help you to be effective. And all you have to do in order to press play in the best way possible in that part of your life is to press pause in prayer. God wants to spend time with you. God wants to help you. And he's available to you. And he's as close as the mention of his name in prayer. Father, I thank you so much that you are just that you are with us and that you are for us. And that God, when you look down on us, you're not looking down on us in judgment or criticism, but God, you look down on us as a people who you want to help, who you want to equip, who you want to empower. That God, you have a plan for each and every single one of our lives. That there's a purpose for which you have called us and a purpose for which you have created us. And Lord, in that, Father, that that the work that comes with it, the work that comes with life, with working, with raising a family, 
with following you and serving the kingdom of God, that it comes with the burden of busyness and it can come with the burden of stress. But Lord, your, your burden is light. And so Lord, I ask in your name, Jesus, that you would open our eyes to the power of prayer in our lives and that you would help us, Jesus, to have the discipline to be able to press pause in our lives. We all want to press play in the best way possible. We all want to to end each day believing that we accomplished something and that our life is better because of, of, of what we spent the day doing. And Lord, I believe that we can feel that when we have spent time pressing pause in the presence of our Heavenly Father who will guide us into the right decisions, who will guide us into the right steps, who will equip us to do the right things and empower us when we are too weak to do them on our own. And so, Lord, help us to be a people of prayer. And I pray, Lord, over these next 21 days, Lord, I I pray, God, for those of us who are prayer warriors, who prayer is built in the discipline of our lives, I pray that you would that you would take us into deeper levels and deeper experiences of prayer in your presence. And I ask God that, Lord, we would just, we would find new levels of experience with you in our prayer lives. I pray for those of us, Lord, who have struggled with prayer, who have maybe never prayed, God, for whom prayer has just been kind of a weird thing that we've had a hard time doing. God, I pray for every one of us in this room. I pray that as we commit, to 21 days of prayer, that not only would you help teach us how to pray, but God, I pray that you would show us quickly. I pray that you would show us instantly. I pray that you would show us from day one that when your people pray, that you move in their lives. And I pray that you would move in our lives as we say yes in these next 21 days to set aside time, to put it in our calendars, God, to treat it as every bit as important as the things that cause us stress or busyness in our lives to help us, Father, to commit to prayer and in doing so, God, to committing to an effective life, to committing to a life of purpose, but also, God, to committing ourselves to a life of rest in you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.